Hello and welcome to House Lights, the podcast we review media from multiple outlets. Today we're going to be talking about music that brings us back to our younger selves. Today I'm here with reporters Wendy Guzman and Sarah Tidwell, and I'm Carly Graham. So ladies, let's get nostalgic. Um, so it was kind of my idea that I to talk about this topic because I feel like at this point, you know, in quarantine, I guess, in the middle of this, not very much is going on in my life, I feel like. So I'm kind of seeking emotions and like feelings from other ways, a big one being music. And I had a lot of feelings when I was a younger teen. So I've kind of found myself referring back to all of the music that I used to listen to in middle school and like high school. And, you know, some of it's kind of sad, but some of it's really, really happy. And I feel I've noticed that a lot of my friends are doing the exact same thing. And yeah, it's kind of just a trend that I've been seeing going around. So what have you guys been looking back to? Um, I definitely have been like, since I've come home, I've been driving out to my boyfriend's house, which he's like an hour and a half away from me. So like on my drive, instead of setting like my regular old rap playlist that I listen to, like my friend made, I'll like click shuffle and I'll just let all of the songs play on my phone. I think I have over a thousand songs. So I just like let them play. And I like, I would skip through the sad ones, obviously, because I don't like, I have a lot of sad music too. But um, whenever like these this music would play just like it would bring you back to you know old summer memories old high school middle school memories like when I was in karate all that kind of stuff so definitely just like I guess it's not like a thing that I'm doing on purpose but more of a thing that just like it happens every time I get in my car because I just click shuffle and let it go and it just kind of you know survival through the memories. I agree that this is something that I've mostly been experiencing since quarantine started before quarantine there was like one playlist I made on my Spotify that I listened to like constantly and I mean constantly like it was the only thing that I would listen to and um ever since I came home I've been like randomly finding old albums that I haven't listened to in a while and hitting shuffle on them and going through older music that I haven't just like sat down and enjoyed in a hot second. And I think part of that is just like being back in my childhood home, being back surrounded by my family, you kind of are able to put yourself back in situations that you would have been in in high school, especially now that personally I feel like I have less freedom and stuff being here with my family and there's just like less stuff that I feel like I can do, like, on an impulse. So I've been kind of finding some security in old music, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing a lot of that, and I'm really excited that we decided to explore this podcast topic. And so if we just want to get right into it, all of us compiled a list of 10 songs that bring us nostalgia, and we're going to put it together on a Spotify playlist for everyone to enjoy. <laughs> um, so I think it's important to note 
These songs are not in any specific order, but we are going to save the last three for a bit of a deeper explanation and the story behind them. And yeah, um, all right, who wants to start with their first song? All right, so my first song that I have on my nostalgia playlist is, drumroll, Paper Planes by M.I.A. So I get this song, just like every single travel playlist I've like ever made, this song is on it. I don't even know when it came out or anything, but it's just like in the background of a ton of movies and the energy that I just get from it just makes me very happy. And that that's just how all of her music makes me feel. So that's why I wanted to include it. <laughs> uh, the first song that I have on mine is Do Re Mi by Black Bear. Um, that song brings me back. I remember in June of 2017, um, I had been listening to this album like long before that, but June of 2017, I went to the Black Bear concert for Digital Drug Lord, the album. And I remember I had been dumped like a week before that by my first boyfriend. So this song just brings back like powerful memories of being in the mosh pit at Black Bear, like completely single for the first time in a year, like all that kind of stuff. So it definitely has some power behind it. I respect that first pick as a former Black Bear stan. <laughs> um... My first song that I'm going to include is Tonight Tonight by Hot Shell Ray. <laughs> um, this song, I don't know why, but I have like a very vivid memory of me sitting in my parents' bedroom <laughs> watching So Random after Sunny with a Chance was canceled. And they were the musical guest to like one of the first couple episodes, I think. And so that song has just, like, taken a very special place in my heart. I respect that. That's on my frat playlist. (laughs) (laughs) My next song, same theme, accidentally, is Airplanes by B.O.B. and Haley Williams. (laughs) Banger. Certified banger. (laughs) My, like, specific memory to this is I was at my friend's house when... It was 2009, 2010-ish VMAs, and he performed this song, and we were watching it. Like, she had, like, the Disney Princess, like, TV, do you know, the pink one with the crown on it. She had one of those, and we were just watching him perform this song, and I still to this day know every single word from it, and it's just, it's a great, it's a great song that just reminds me of childhood. The next song that I have on mine um, is 679 by Cutty Wop. This song brings me back to the good old high school days Love when it. we would be at football games, uh, homecoming, like anything, any kind of party. Like this song was definitely played. So it just kind of brings me back and I, it, I, I bop to it. I definitely do. I really love Cutty Wop. So. My next song is Emperor New Clothes by Panic at the Disco. Because, you know what? I was late to my emo phase. I did not really get into that until 10th grade when I found the music video to Emperor's New Clothes. And I thought that it was the coolest video ever. And that is what, like, forced me into my deep, deep love for Panic! at the Disco. And so that song had, like, also holds a very special place in my heart. All right, so my next song is... 
Tongue Tied by Group Love, which I feel like is pretty, I mean, for anyone that knows me, that's very, very obvious. It probably should have actually been high on the list, but we'll get that, we'll get to that later. But um, I managed to convince my graduating class to make this our class song because I just love the atmosphere. And then like, if you guys have seen Glee, the right one, when they come back from winning nationals, they walk in and you think that they're going to get slushed in the face, but really everyone's just really proud of them for winning. And the song plays and it's just a great conclusion to the saga. And it's just like, it just reminds me, like me and my best friend from high school, we would just drive around listening to this song, like borderline in tears, like our entire senior year. So that's why I picked that song. We should, like, take note of how many times you can mention Glee in a podcast. I know. It's so bad. (laughs) The next song on my list is The Phoenix by Fall Out Boy. It was so hard to pick one Fall Out Boy song to put on this list because I didn't want, like, artist repetition. Um, And I love every Fall Out Boy song that I have on my phone. But I feel like this one really brings me back... um, to like, I think it was eighth or ninth grade when I like started to get like more into karate and I hung out with those friends more. And because um, like all we listened to at karate was the emo music, Fall Out Boy, Panic, um, Skillet, like all that stuff. So it definitely brings me back to when we were on the demo team. I'm pretty sure we used this song for a performance we did once. And just, like, the war paint part, like, gets me, like, every time. I don't know what it is about that line, but I just, I like that line. So, definitely this one, it brings me back. Oh, my God, it's my turn. I <laughs> <laughs> She's just over here nodding, smiling. <laughs> Listen, I love the Phoenix. You really sold me with that one. I, I was, like, game over. I don't need to talk now. Um, I'm going to take it a different route. A much, much softer song. Um, Tenerife Sea by Ed Sheeran. This song I fell so in love with. I think it was my freshman year of high school. It maybe was eighth grade, but I know that I remember sitting in my ninth grade geometry class and just like sitting there and being like, that, that's going to be my first dance song. And that opinion still stands If and when I get married, that will be my first dance song with my husband. That is my one non-negotiable. Like, that is happening. Like, I do not care. I am making that song happen because I, like, God, it's just so nice. Such a beautiful, wholesome song. And it deserves more appreciation and love. All right. My next song was a little bit of a later edition, but I decided it needed to be included, and it's broccoli by dram featuring little yachty (laughs) so i think that like that one speaks for itself because something about just like like popular rap in summer 2016 the it's just so unmatched i don't think any like anything kind of compares to just the feeling of that year my like quince was that year and that was you know some of the stuff that played and it just makes you really happy and then this song in particular like it's just so hard not to smile to it it's like it's it's just such a good song it it had to be included it makes me feel like a child that was a big song in our football games too so that one definitely (laughs) like I agree with you has some memories tied to it uh the next song on my list is monster by skillet uh like I said 
at karate, we listened to Skillet and Fall Out Boy and all that stuff. But this one, like, the whole Skillet album, just, like, when I'm angry, that it's my go-to. And even when I'm not angry, like, for some reason, I, like, some days, like, just jamming out to this hard rock, like, turning it up on my in my car and just driving it and, like, because I know all the words, so it's very easy to sing along. Like, I don't even have to be mad to listen to it. It's just enjoyable. Like, I, I don't know, something about it. It's just... I really like it. So that's, yeah, that's it. My next song is, um, okay. One of my favorite bands that has been one of my favorite bands since like ninth grade or even before then is AJR. I have been listening to them since their very first album came out. And when I'm ready was all over the radio and I stuck with them. I stuck with them hard and one of my favorite songs from them that I literally would just like sit there with it on repeat is Buy You a Rose. And I think that this song is pretty like not well known. And I I don't know, it's just like really nice. And also just like one of those songs that's like, you don't need to be in love to listen to it, but it makes you feel like you are, which is cute. And I, I like that content and that energy. So yeah. That is on my list. All right. This next one. I was a very, very, very big One Direction gal. So I had to include a One Direction song. And I think I switched the song I chose about five times. But I settled in terms of nostalgia now with something great from Midnight Memories. There's no particular connection that I have to this song. It's not even my favorite song on that album. But it's just the nostalgia that I do get from that song just kind of just sums up my whole time being a fan of the band. So I felt like that one was the most fitting. I just have to say from that album, Story of My Life, I learned how to sign it in sign language um, when I had it in eighth grade. It's not on my list, but I learned how to sign it. I can't. I wish I still could. But uh, the next one on my list is actually a Panic at the Disco song. It's Miss Jackson. My favorite Panic at the Disco song, let me tell you, it's one of the, I think when I first started listening to Panic, it was Hallelujah, This Is Gospel, and Miss Jackson were the top three that I found first. So like that one has a connection to like, that's how I got into the Panic phase. And then from there, it just, you know, obviously spiraled downward and I'm obsessed, but Miss Jackson just like, it goes hard. Like it doesn't miss. So that definitely had to make my list. Miss Jackson had no right going as hard as it did. Exactly. Like, that music, you know? Oh my, I, I, you know what? So good. So I'm going to agree with you on that one. <laughs> um, another song, God, I have a lot of like, ooh, songs in a row. <laughs> I'm realizing this now. <laughs> but my next song is I Love You Five by Never Shout Never. Because, again, Never Shout Never was a band that I found in ninth grade. And I, like, immediately fell in love with them. Like, I heard Trouble, and then I was like, this is one of the best songs I've ever heard. And then I listened to, like, the entire discography. Like, (laughs) all of it at once. Period. And (laughs) Period. (laughs) And I Love You Five was one song. I don't know why, like, that's my specific song that I like of Never Shout Never's. But 
I don't know. Again, I think it's just like another soft song that's like sweet and fun and upbeat. And it's just like, oh, lovely and ooh, good time. So that is my next selection. Sorry, I'm really distracted by this octopus. I, okay, I'm buying one of those. Like, I, I, I know where you got it. And I've had one in my cart for like a while. It's my favorite thing. I love the little reversible octopus. <laughs> Alright, um, my next song was my number one song on Spotify in 2019 for no reason because I've listened to this song for years, but it's Breeze Blocks by Alt-J. I think I've also decided recently that that is my favorite song of all time, just hands down. When it, it brings me back to... I was really good friends with, I did choir for a really long time and I became really good friends with some girls that did choir with me. And when we were like in the, you know, first or our early teens, we would hang out a lot. And she was very into that, like indie grungy, like Tumblr phase. And like, I got that from her. She was a year older than me. So I learned, you know, I learned a lot from her. That was one of the songs that like, she kind of showed me and we would like, hang out with and like it's just I don't know how to explain like I don't, there's no other song I think I've ever heard that I can listen to on repeat for literally hours and not get tired of it the reason it was my number one song on Spotify this year is because senior year of high school like I was so distracted I couldn't do any music I, do, I couldn't do any homework so I needed something playing to like distract me and I would just sit, like listen to it on a loop for hours on end so that is why that's my song. The next song on my list is a country song, actually. I am no shame being a country girl. Um, it's, this is How We Roll by Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> that song specifically. Um, so I have always like liked country, but I really, really got into it last year because I actually dated like a hick. So <laughs> he like got me more into the, the genre. <laughs> but... Before then, like, I listened to Florida Georgia Line and stuff. So this song specifically brings me back to last summer. My um, my friend threw a party at her house. And I remember holding the boombox above my head while This Is How We Roll was playing and just dancing on the table, super drunk. It was the best night of my life. Like, I had so much fun. So it definitely brings me back. Last <laughs> year, I dated a hick. <laughs> I did! <laughs> Oh, I was just you need to think that happens to everyone at least once, but no. <laughs> no. <laughs> happened to me. So. I don't recommend it. He was not. <laughs> They're all Trump supporters, so. Not to get political, but. I, I'm just, I'm truly in shock <laughs> at how casually you said wait. that. <laughs> I dated a hick, and I, gosh, okay, moving on from that chaos. My next song is Eyes Open by Taylor Swift. Now, this song is so underappreciated, but this song is one of two that Taylor Swift wrote for the Hunger Games movie. And this song, along with Safe and Sound, both bring me back to my Hunger Games, like, fangirl era so aggressively. And I used... <laughs> My friend, okay, 
I used to have a huge Hunger Games poster on my wall. Like, I had the huge movie poster. And there was a YouTube video that existed from when one of my friends came over. And it was me singing along to Taylor Swift's Eyes Open, being all weird and creepy in front of this poster. And I will send it to you two after so I can eternally embarrass myself. But that song brings me back. Dude, you said it brings me back to my Hunger Games fangirl phase. I can't, I, I am still a little bit in it. Like, no. you never left it when you never no. left it. I want to reread them. Like, I want to reread them so bad and then read the prequel that just came out because I still haven't I, read that. I definitely read them, like, I, no, it was like a year ago. But I know. just rewatched all the movies. The movies are not as good. I know. The first one, the they books, messed up. But I really want to get the prequel, like, I really bad. I do too. I think I'm gonna reread and then do the prequel. Good idea. All right. Next up on my list, I have another person, another artist that choosing a song was hard, but I have "The Love Club" by Lord. Um, Lord's one of my favorite artists, and I again swapped out the song for her quite a few times, but I settled on "Love Club" because. Um, the same friend that I t- talked about with Breeze Blocks, we once went to the DIA, um, and we were really obsessed with the idea of doing that, like, aesthetic, like, vlogging type things, and I was really good at video editing. It was, and it was, I was, like, 12 or 13, so it was an actual valuable talent that not everyone had. <laughs> and so she really wanted me to edit the clips that she recorded that day and do them to that song. So I kind of sat at my laptop for hours after that, when we hung out that day and just made this really cool video to the song. And so whenever I hear it, that's what I remember. And it was just a really fun day. Cause it was one of the first times where I got to hang out with just my friends and no adults. We were just hanging around downtown Detroit, which maybe probably wasn't the best situation to be in, but it was just overall a great day that I liked looking back on. Okay, the next song on my list is Sweatpants by Childish Gambino. That song, I know, I pride myself on knowing every single word to that song. Like, I could rap that song so well. It's my favorite song to just, like, get hyped to in the car. Um, that and Bonfire. Bonfire is not on my list, but that's another childish song that like gets you hype. Um, it honestly has no business going as hard as it does. Um, and like when I, um, my first boyfriend really got me into Childish Gambino. So like this brings me back to like 2016 era. And like I still listen to it. I could listen to it forever and never get sick of it. And it's just like every part, every time I play it with somebody else in the car, that person knows it too. And it's like, wait, like, you know the words too and it's just like it's kind of shocking because like I feel like not a lot of people listen to Childish Gambino but like he's a really good artist so that's why Sweatpants is on there my last song before we get into our top three is Oh No by Marina who is formerly Marina and the Diamonds so Oh No is not a happy song. Like, I think it's important to note that. Like, it's not really... It's so sad. It is a sad song. It's got some intense meanings. Like, it... But but it's one that's, like, masked as being a fun song. 
Um, you know how artists do that. And so I have a lot of fun memories associated with this song. And it's also the first Marina song that I ever knew. And I'm a pretty big Marina fan now. So having that be the song that introduced me to her is like very special to me. And I just have like a lot of memories of me playing Just Dance 4. Or was it 2014? I think it was Just Dance 4. It was one of them. And playing that song, and I was, like, telling Wendy before we started, I think I still have some of the dance memorized because I just, like, did it so many times and had so much fun doing it. So, yeah, that's my my final. So, Wendy, tell me the first song of your top three. Okay. Well, I think we set this up very well because my... You know, my first song on my top three is also by Marina. Um, she is my favorite artist of all time, hands down. And I actually also discovered her through Just Dance 4 <laughs> when I was about, I was in sixth grade, so I was about 12. Contrary to you, I don't have good memories to Ono. Oh I think that's the first time that I ever felt a song kind of like hit me very emotionally, like that's kind of the first time I ever really connected to something and like looked at it deeper, but it led me to discover my favorite artists. So I'm very thankful for it. But the song I have chosen is from the very same album, the family jewels. It's 17. (laughs) So this Carly's very excited. We're on zoom right now. And Carly seems very excited about this. I love 17. I love that one. So the, especially in her earlier music, Marina really loves kind of uh, heavy piano work. And so the very beginning of the song is just the most elaborate, like, I almost want to hum it, but it's just a very elaborate, like, melody on the piano. And the lyrics are so aggressive. And, like, there's so many things that I remember with the song. One of them just kind of being how no one knows what it's about. And Marina will never say what it's about. There's so many different things. There's, it's like, the day I turned 17, um, the fall of a queen and the rise of a king. Is that how it goes? Yeah. And it just kind of, it's one of those songs also that just kind of makes me, makes you want to spin around in like a dress. And I remember when I turned 17, like, I was just so excited to blast that song. I listened to the entire album from beginning to end because I believe it's the last song on the album, I think. Or if not, it's very close. It's at the end. So I listened to it from beginning to end because I wanted that. And another thing that I remember was one year I went to Mexico to visit my par- my grandparents. And we... They live in a little village. There's no Wi-Fi. So I would download albums entirely, like an audio file. So just one, like, 50-minute audio file of an album. So Family Jewels was one of the albums that I had. And their house is kind of, like, very old in the middle of, like, nowhere, kind of, made out of wood. And I just would listen to Seventeen and spin around in, like, their empty home in the middle of nowhere listening to that song and that's kind of one of the things that I like to think about and that's why I chose it (laughs) okay so the first song in my top three 
Um, oh my god, this song was so hard to pick because there's this what this artist has like such beautiful music and there's so many songs that I have attachments to. But this one is Girls by the 1975. Um, this brings me back to summer 2016. Um, I remember that summer I had gotten in trouble for like sneaking out. So the only really like my parents deleted all the apps on my phone, and, like turned it into an iPod. So the only thing I really had was music. And one of the albums I had was the, the album that has girls on it and the, like chocolate and sex, like all of those songs. So like I would listen to those all the time because that's all that I could really do. And now when I listen to it, um, just like, especially in the summertime, especially the summertime, because that's like when I started listening to it. But um, like I'll roll all the windows down in my car. I'll turn it up as loud as I can without, you know, like getting pulled over because it's too loud. Um, and I'll just, I'll like blast the 1975 songs, especially girls. Like that one has like, an attachment to it because it's one of the first songs that I listened to. And so it just, it brings me to like this point where when I listen to it and I'm driving and I have the windows down like that, like life is beautiful in that very moment. Like every time I listen to the 1975, it's life is beautiful. Like I, I don't know why, because a lot of their music is sad, but it just like the beats that go with it, like the way that their voices sound, I'm not a big fan of their recent two albums, but their first two albums, um, the first one I think is called the 1975, and then the second one is like, I like it when you sleep, like that one. Um, like those two albums, just, I, I could never get enough of them. And I recently started listening to them again, which is why they're on the list, because it, it just hits, like it hits deep. And it just brings me back to, Again, like the life is beautiful. And the first time I remember listening to it, I was at my friend's house who I'm not friends, literally any of these people anymore, but I was at my friend's house across the street swimming in a pool and it was me. And before I dated this kid, we started dating like five months after this. Um, and then I think it was another one of my friends and we were literally just sitting at the pool, like playing this music and eating watermelon. And it's just like, it, I don't know, it brings me back to that time of, like, innocence and, like, being so young. And, you know, 16 is not super young, but it's still young to the point where, like, you're not an adult. You don't have responsibilities yet. Like, you're just learning to drive. You're looking for your first job. So, yeah, life is beautiful. Life is innocent, that kind of thing. It just, it makes me feel, like, young and beautiful. And it's, I love it. I love it. I really like that this podcast is kind of just turning into Sarah telling us about all her ex-boyfriends. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. All the songs are tied to them. Like, I'm telling you, all the songs are tied to people I either dated or was friends with and is, are not friends with now. Like, they all have memories that attach. I, I couldn't. It's either who Sarah dated or her rebellions. Yeah. <laughs> the people are going to enjoy this podcast. Yes, they will. They're going to learn a lot about me. Uh <laughs> I, I would like to reiterate before I say the first song in my top three. These are, like, not the top three songs that, like, have the most nostalgia to me. I think it's just they have, like, the most important stories and background that needs to be told. So the first song that I want to talk about is Happy Little Pill by Troy Sivan. Now, this song... <laughs> I'm getting... Both of them are so shocked. Wendy and Sarah 
are very shocked right now. I'm gonna cry, bro. I forgot that song existed. Okay. Well, let me explain. I... Okay, Troy Sivan, he was my very first YouTuber. He was the very first YouTuber I ever watched. And I watched him before TRXYE came out. So that was his very first EP. I don't remember when it came out. I want to say it was 2012. It was a long time ago. And now Troy Sivan is obviously more famous. He is two full-length albums that have come out. They were both wildly successful. He's an incredible man, and I'm so proud of him. But I remember so vividly staying up until midnight so I could download Happy Little Pill, and then I remember staying up till midnight for the TRXYE release. And I just, like, right when Happy Little Pill came out, everyone was, like, going through all these, like theories. There were a bunch of fan theories about what it was. And everyone thought that it was about Connor Franta because it was like, it came out just a few months after Connor Franta made a video about him having depression and like getting help for it and stuff. And that was like a really big video and it was something that meant a lot to a lot of people. And then I don't remember exactly when it happened, but a few, I think maybe years later, Connor ended up coming out, and then all the fan theories, like, resurfaced, and that was right when Troy Sivan and Connor Franta were, like, really, really close, and they were hanging out all the time, and everyone was like, oh my god, they were dating! And that was just, like, such a huge thing that was, like, imprint imprinted in my brain. Like, all those fan theories, listening to the music, staying up till midnight, and all of that. I don't know. Also, I think that's the first thing that I, like, stayed up until midnight for. I think that was the first release that I ever did that for. And that's, like... I want to say I was, like, 11 or 12. <laughs> if it's if that's when it came out, I'm going to look it up really quick. Um, I was going to say, you just unlocked a level of my life that I completely forgot happened. Like, when you mentioned Connor Franta, and you mentioned that video, and then Happy Little Pill, the music video, I was like... I did have I a bunch of through all of this. Also. <laughs> it was a little <laughs> later. Hang on. Um, TRXYE came out, okay, both of them came out in 2014, but it was the summer of 2014, so I was still only 13 years old. And that's, like, that's young to be staying up till midnight. Like, I was crazy. (laughs) I was just saying, I remember it being, like, when I was, I think, in eighth grade. That would have been our end of eighth grade year. I remember remember being younger. I remember being younger, but it doesn't shock me that that's the real release date. But yeah, that's I my would first wake up. I remember waking up at 4 a.m. in sixth grade to listen to the first airing of Little Things by One Direction on BBC Radio 1 in the UK. Because it was going to air at 8 a.m. their time, so I had to wake up at 4. Like, I remember doing that. 4, 4 a.m. turns radio on. <laughs> Goes back to bed. <laughs> 11-year-old Wendy did that, so... <laughs> And we I feel like we were very it. crazy when we were younger. <laughs> now I go to bed by like eleven thirty midnight, and I, I can't like stay up. It depends. It depends for me. It I was on doing something. I was like that until I came back home. But. <laughs> mm-hmm. All, right, All right, Wendy. What's your next one? So my next one, I guess it. I don't have a really specific story, but I felt like it just had to be in my top three. But that is Teenage Dirtbag by Weedis. 
I think if there's any song ever that just captures early 2000s teen movie nostalgia, aside from any All-American Reject song, it is Teenage Dirtbag. It, the, there's something, like the music video to that, when she like goes up to him in the middle of the dance with the tickets and she's like, I'm a teenage strip bag like you. Oh, I like, that's all I can say. I could just like make noise. Cause it's just, I was so fond of the idea of just having that like perfect movie high school experience. Like that was my thing. Like I just loved the idea of how in movies things work out this way and things are like this. And this song just makes me think of that, makes me feel that way. It just kind of makes me happy at the same time, a little sad. And it also reminds me that One Direction had a really great cover to it that they would do on tour. And yeah, it's just everything about that song just kind of sums up almost just the whole topic that we're talking about. I feel like if if someone was to say like, Oh, like songs that you used to listen to were younger that made you feel nostalgic. It's that song. That song just completely altogether just captures the emotion. That song does kind of define nostalgia. It just does. Like it does. That are like ribs by Lord, but that's different also. It is. All right. The next song. Oh, I slid out of it. The next song on my list, I like Wendy. It doesn't have a specific, like, story, I would say. I would say the next, like, the last two don't have specific stories, but they're songs that hit, like, deep. So the song, the second song is Dirt Road Anthem by Jason Aldean. This song um, makes me cry. It's one of the only country songs that makes me cry. Um, actually, that's a lie. I cry to a lot of country songs. But, um... I want to say it brings me back two years ago to a party I was at. I used to hang out with, like, these kids who were hicks. <laughs> and, yeah, yes, let's not think about that. Um, and it, he used to have garage parties. Like, his garage was, like, sick. Like, had a kitchen, had a bedroom, like, all this kind of stuff. And they had, like, room for their lifted trucks so it was a pretty sick garage anyways this song like brings me back to a moment we it was me and him we were like really really good friends and then um two of our other friends were in there too we were sitting in the garage like at the dining table at the high tops and he played the song and I specifically like remember him like he got up and he like was singing it and like I don't I don't really know what else we were doing but I just, I remember, like, I tie the memory to him and our old friendship because, like, obviously we're not friends anymore, but, like, it just, I don't know, it makes me sad to, like, if you listen to the words, it's just, like, I'm, like, I'm chilling on a dirt road, like, he's talking about all these memories in his life that he wishes he could go back to, like, kind of thing, like, I'm trying to think of the words. Yeah, he, it's just, like, I don't know, his... It just, it makes, let me just, bottom line, it makes me sad. Like, it it makes me sad. And every time I listen to it, I turn it up and I cry to it. And it just, just the way his voice sounds. And, like, if you listen, the chorus, like, gets me every time. And, like, it's a song where he's talking in it, too. So, like, he sings the chorus and then he kind of talks the rest of it. And then he'll sing the chorus again and keep going. And it's just, like, 
I love Jason Aldean. Like, I want to go to Faster Horses next year just to see him play this song live. Because it's one of the songs, the only country songs that I want to hear live. So, I guess, yeah, it doesn't have a specific story, but I just, like, the first time I heard it, I just remember being in that kid's garage and we were all, like, hanging out, just doing what 17-year-olds do. So, yeah. My next song is not as, like, old of a story. It, um... It originates in June of 2018, June 20th of 2018, if we want to be exact. Um, so that was my very first ever emo concert date, because as you guys know, I'm very into the like scene or whatever, where there's like a lot of small concerts at small venues and mosh pits and the little bands that are pretty underground. Um, and that concert was the very first time that I heard my very favorite band, like my absolute favorite band, Jetty Bones, perform for the first time. And watching her, I, like, I immediately fell in love. I was like, I love, I love this band. I love everything about them. And... They got me when she started playing Innocent Party, which is, oh my god, it's like, it's a painful song, but it's kind of about, like, growth and getting better, and there's this lyric that goes, I wasn't always the person that I am now, but I worked so hard to get here. And, oh my god, it hit me so hard that very first night I heard it, and... I, like, immediately fell in love, and I was making all of the stuff for my grad party, like, all my, um, photo boards the next day, so the next day, I literally was laying out the photos with, like, Jetty Bones just playing on repeat, and this was before her most recent EP came out, so it was literally six songs. It was just the same, no, that's not right, it was 12. It was the same 12 songs, just, like, playing on repeat. And I don't know, I just, I feel a very, like, strong emotional attachment to that song, and every time I've seen her live since, it's made me cry. So now I have a handkerchief that says, Jetty Bones made me cry, that I bought <laughs> the last time I saw her in August. All right, we're at my final song choice. Woohoo! Um, okay, so... I've learned from this podcast that despite me being the youngest of the bunch currently, I went through my emo phase much, much earlier than both of you did. <laughs> I was very, very young. I think about seventh grade when it started. So yeah, I was like 12 or 13. And the song that kind of got me to it, and also had me decide my favorite band for a really, really long time. I probably wouldn't consider them my favorite band anymore because, you know, you mature out of things, but I'll always have an appreciation for our lovely Panic of the Disco. We all are, you guys already picked songs by them. And I also think it's interesting the song selections you guys had because that's not what, not at all what I chose. So the song I chose is... um. I guess I'll say the full title. Um, lying is the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off. 
Heck yeah, it is. <laughs> and the gals are very excited over Zoom. I've never seen them that excited. Um, so I think because I was, I'm a very big early 2000s, like punk rockish, indie rocks, pop, whatever. You know, that, that type of song that plays in 2000s high school movies. I love that genre of music. And I think I was, I finally kind of realized that it was a genre of music, if, if that makes any sense, around that time. And so I discovered Panic. I already knew, you know, like, I write some bad tragedies, stuff like that. But what really got me into my emo phase, which wasn't actually super, super emo, it's more just the music I listened to, but was this song. I remember the for the very first time I watched this music video. It's I can't listen to that song even just to this day without like the feeling that I got when I first listened to it. I just feel like a hollow in my chest. Do you know what I mean? Like I just like my heart my heart just sinks down when it gets to like right before the chorus hits where it's just like let's get these teen hearts beating faster faster. That exact line just kind of makes me drop just my entire being like I have to lay down and just take it in I also remember um since we're talking about relationships the singular boyfriend that I've ever had um I was really really I was very into this song when I was um when we were talking and it does make me think of that which is so weird because like I don't think about it like almost at all really because it was so long ago and that's just like Oh, it just kind of encompasses like my like eighth grade year in life. And just so many things about that song that just kind of changed what the the age like 14 was for Wendy. I love <laughs> how you said your name the third person. The age was a 14 was for Wendy. <laughs> I want to share this one little tidbit about that song. Okay. When I started listening to Panic at, Dis- at Panic at the Disco in, like, 10th grade, and I had, I didn't have, like, a charger that could reach my phone, like, from my bed at that point, so I would charge my phone on a little iHome across the room at night, and I strategically made my alarm, lying is the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off, because... One of the lyrics in that song is, I've got more wit, a better kiss, a hotter touch, a better F, and except it swears. And I thought that if my parents heard that, they would yell at me. So it would encourage me to get out of bed so I could run to the alarm and turn it off. Why is that so smart, though? Yeah, but then I would lay back down. (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) It was counterproductive, but it's fine. That was, that was my game plan with that song. I'd also like to know just how incredibly inappropriate the song is. Oh, it is oh, not yeah. for... Oh my god, wait. Even the music video. The music video is weird. It's it stressed so me out. <laughs> so stressful. I st- Does anyone know what it's about? Does anyone get it? No. <laughs> it's the mime one, right? No. Oh, the mime one's even worse. No, it's the but fish. It's, oh, that's, but it's better if you do. It's the fish one. Ish. God, no, I still, I don't get it. I'll never understand. I don't understand. <laughs> like, like, I don't, 
I feel like I've definitely read into theories on what it is, and it I, we all kind of have a similar idea, but like I can't even think of it now. But also just like the very last scene where they throw the two people from the tubs into the ocean, where which also Panda and Disco are not in this in this video until the end, where they take the two bodies and pour, and throw them in the ocean. This sounds so weird out of context, but it's they like, like take them into the ocean and then they're like in love again, but they're like together underneath in underwater. A fever you can't sweat out era panic at the disco is so weird. It's and then you look at them now, like and all the changes they've been through now, it is literally just Brendan Yuri, who is like a pop king. And then it used to be like emo guy liner, like all that jazz. It's, it's just so hilarious how that band just all together, not a single album of theirs sounds anything like any other one. Cause they, I feel like, like they had that just probably the perfect, like a few recants, but I was just perfect. Like early 2000s emo music. Amazing. Beautiful. Then they come out here with pretty odd. That's like hippie, the Beatles art. It's art. Like, <laughs> it, it's a beautiful, beautiful album. And then, and then, like half the half the band leaves, and they come out with freaking vices and virtues, which is still amazing. Which is all steampunk and like a little more modern twist on things. It just they yeah they were they like worked hard to constantly have new ideas, which is good. Can I just yeah. say that if you're a Panic at the Disco fan. And all you've listened to is Pray for the Wicked, which is their brand new album from 2018. You are not a Panic at the Disco fan because you didn't listen to any of the good music. Like, that music's good, but their better music is older. Listen, I will say, I am a Hey Look My Made It stan. Only for the first (laughs) lyric. That's it. They get me right at the beginning. So, I'm so mad that High Hopes beat I Write Sins on Tragedies. It's like the top, like, I think someone, I think I saw it on Twitter and someone was like, all right, who messed up? Who let this happen? (laughs) Okay. The last song on my list, um, I don't even remember when I started listening to this song. It just like resurfaced recently. And I was like, oh my God, like, I remember this song. Like, I remember the love I have tied to the song. And this artist is my favorite rap artist. Um, the song is Pray for Love by Travis Scott. <laughs> Love that song. Shout out Brendan Gumble if he's listening. I know he's a big Travis fan too. Um, yeah, like I said, I literally have no idea when I first started listening to this song because it's the oldest album, I believe. But I remember listening to, um, what was it called? Let me look it up really quick. I remember listening to... Um, Birds in the Trap sing McKnight before I listened to Rodeo. And um, just, I I could listen to Pray for Love and never get sick of it. Like, literally ever. I feel like I could do that with every Travis song. Um, like, Astro World's okay, like, the album. But um, I prefer his old music. Same thing with Panic. Like, how I said with Panic, like, if you only listen to their new album, like, you're not, like, a real fan because their old music is always better than their new music. Um... But, yeah, literally, like, Rodeo, the whole album. But I'd ha- if I have to pick that one song off of, it, like, any Travis Scott thing, it'd be Pray for Love. Like, if you listen to some of the lyrics, too, it's, like, it's kind of deep. Like, he's talking, like, 
there's parts where he's like, pray for my liver when I go off in this club tonight. And then there's parts where he's like, I'm tired of these white powers in position. Like I'm, um, I'm tired of seeing all these black kids faces on the face of Fox, like how he hates CNN, all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, I feel like it's a political song, but it's not a political song. Like it has like its fair share of like, it's like a wave, but like every, like every single song, song, I just, I go off. Cause it's like, I don't know. It's just, when I, I'm trying to dig in my head, like to when I first listened to like this song and I, like, I, I physically can't remember the first time I listened to it. Like, I feel like it's been that long, but just like every time I find it or it comes up on shuffle, I, it's, it's over. Like, it is over. And I'm trying to learn every word to it because I know some of the words, mm-hmm. but like, it's one of those songs where I love it, even though I don't know all the words to it, even though I've listened to it a thousand times. Like I could literally never get tired of Travis Scott and is especially like, the song. Is it like, I don't know. I don't know like what his, like, how do you explain it? Um, what his fans think? Cause I, I'm not like in that scope of like social media, but is it is it generic to say that 90210 is my favorite song on that album? Is that <laughs> I was so like I feel like the generic songs on that album It just it just feels like it would be a generic song, but I'm not sure if it is. Antidote is definitely the most generic oh. song on that album. Okay. okay. Um yeah. uh, Pray for Love doesn't even have like a star next to it that shows like it's the most mild need for. But um yeah, like even Birds on the Trap, Sing McKnight, like that album, like way back in Goosebumps, like, I don't know, something about Travis Scott's first two albums, or like, I don't know if they're his first two, I think he had one even before Rodeo, but Rodeo and Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight are the best two albums ever, like literally ever. And I could never, ever get sick of them. I know the words to most of the songs on, like almost all of the songs on both albums. So it just like, it hits. He's my favorite rap artist. Like anytime somebody's like, who's your favorite rapper? I'm Travis Scott, straight up. And just like I love that video of him falling off the stage in auto tune. Like I said, I said that to you the other day. I was like, do you know? I was like, you know that video of Travis falling in auto tune? I cannot stop thinking about it. <laughs> it's just how I feel all the time. Like just falling off the stage in auto tune. Yeah, that's how my life feels most of the time. So I'm just yeah. Keep posted for within the next couple weeks. I just remembered I'm painting Travis and Stormy. So I'll post that when it's done, whenever. I'm really excited because I haven't painted in a really long time, but that's that's my painting I'm working on. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. I love him and Stormy. They're adorable. The cutest baby probably on the planet. Mm-hmm. All right, let's hear it, Carly. Drum roll. You guys are, like, you're not going <laughs> to... It's it's a very weird one for it to be my final song of nostalgia, but I left it for a reason because there's, like, a big story to it. Go for it. <laughs> so my last song is Viva Las Vegas by Elvis Presley. <laughs> now let me explain. <laughs> That's such a good song. So this song is one that I like very aggressively relate to Christmas time because my family um, on our Christmas tree, we have Elvis ornaments that play music I think we have now I think we have like 21 or 22 but some of them light up almost all of them play music and there are like two or three that are just like Elvis (laughs) and so every Christmas pretty much 
my grandma and grandpa would go out of their way to buy my dad a new Elvis ornament. And the one that was always my favorite was the Viva Las Vegas one. And so literally any chance I got, I would walk up to our tree and hit the little button on it. And I would just like hang out listening to Elvis for just like a 30 second clip of the song. And then I would like go around and click on all the other ones. And we still have all of those ornaments to this day. My dad brings some of them into work so we can show all of his coworkers. Like, that's a big tradition he has. And we have, like, I don't know why, but, like, we have, like, a lot of weird Elvis memorabilia. So we have, like, a little clock that hangs above my dad's um, desk where it's, like, Elvis with, like, he's, like, there, you know, up top. But then his legs swing back and forth. And we that that's our second one of those. So we have another one in our laundry room as well. Like, we have so much weird Elvis memorabilia. And we have so much love for this singer. For, like, like, he's very talented and he's cool, but I don't know, like, where the love for him kind of, like, spawned from. But now Elvis is, like, a really big part of my life. And I don't know. That's... That's my big, my final song, because I, I just, I don't know, it, it constantly brings me back, and it makes me think about that, and always wanting to play the Viva Las Vegas song on Just Dance 2, because of the ornaments, and like, all that different stuff, and yeah, I don't know, it just has a lot of happy memories, and good times with it, so. See, that's what's, like, nice about all of the songs that we listed, like, even if they don't have correlating stories, they have feelings towards them, like, regardless of what kind of song it is. Like, you saw with my list, there was country, there was rap, there was, like, emo music. Like, it's it's nice, like, seeing, like, other people, like, how do I, like, you guys brought up songs that I forgot existed and, like, memories of my life that I forgot existed, but it was nice to, like, hear and be like, oh, they lived through this, too. How did they live through it? Because I did it like this, like, that kind of thing, so. Yeah, well, yeah. that's our list. <laughs> that, I hope they enjoy our, our playlist. Our pod. I think, I think it's very funny. There's nothing wrong with Vivo's Las Vegas, <laughs> but I just think it's hilarious that an hour-long podcast, and that was the very last song we spoke about. <laughs> With Elvis and banger. Christmas time and their ornaments and the one that kicks his leg. <laughs> I'm so sorry to whoever listened to this and was really expecting an, like, such a reveal of a song at the end, and that's what they got. <laughs> you know what? I have no shame with my final selection. I think I've left our listeners on the edge of their seats. <laughs> now they're gonna want to go listen to it because it's gonna remind them of Christmas time. Now they have to listen to Viva Las Vegas. Look for the ornament. I'll post pictures on Twitter. <laughs> I'll find them. Oh my god, that, that's not even an exaggeration. There's like twenty one or something like that. Like there's a ridiculous amount of Elvis ornaments in my house. I'm coming over at Christmas time and I want to see that. I just can't believe there's that many different types of Elvis ornaments. Or Elvis ornaments, period. Oh, they're fantastic. We have plenty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, that's our pod. Thanks for listening. Sorry it's so long. Yeah. At least they're getting good music out of it, so... (laughs)